Good morning, Valley Church. Are you ready for the word of the Lord this morning? Are you ready for a treat this morning? See three chairs up here? We have three guest speakers this morning. We're talking about ah, an incredible legacy, an incredible legacy that's been established here at, at Valley Church. Pastors Norman and Ruby Rudson, if I could get them just to stand for a second, I would just like to honor them and have all of us just acknowledge and honor them. And then while, while they're still standing or she's still standing, I'd like to have her come right on up here. For many years, this was the mother of the house. Now, this is the grandmother of the house. Now, the other two didn't give me an opportunity to call them up here. They just jumped right up here, but sure you need introduction. Now we're looking at the mother of the house. And here, the daughter of the house. Jared, I'm going to thank you. They're getting nervous and they kept scooching back. We need these chairs a little forward. We just keep scooching these chairs back, ladies. We'll scooch them up a little bit. We'll just scooch them right up here. How about that? We want to be right up close to everyone. Maybe not that close, but right up there. This is what happens when you get us three together. We are in for a ride this morning. So as we prepare our hearts and minds, particularly our minds this morning, for the word that we're about to get, I'd like to just pray together. If you would all close your eyes and extend your hands to these three amazing ladies up here. Father, I just thank you so much. I thank you for your goodness. I thank you for your love. I thank you for this church and everyone that's gathered here this morning in it. And I just thank you for the legacy that's been established, created, and left for all of us to enjoy, to walk in. And I thank you. I give you praise and say, Holy Spirit, have your way this morning. Bless each of these speakers. Anoint them to bring your word. And I give you thanks. And we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's give him a hand. Amen. Amen. Let's see. There we go. Grandma, that mic's going to be yours. Perfect. Happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day, everyone. Um, so the fun thing about Mother's Day or Father's Day, the messages are always kind of interesting because you could gear it very specifically towards mothers. Or you can make it to where it's for everyone, too. And we're going to hit every single aspect of it because we're going to talk about legacy. And so something that's beautiful about a church is that here, right now, we have people who are mothers, right? Do we have mothers in here? Okay. We also have people who have probably tried desperately hard to have children. We have people who want to get married. We have people who never want to get married. We have people who might be rejoicing having the greatest season of their life right now. And we also might have people who are having the hardest season of their life. And that's the beauty of being a part of a church, of being a part of the body of Christ, is we get to walk through every season together. And Jesus is going to meet each of us personally right where we're at. He's going to give us exactly what we need this morning. Who believes that? Amen. Who wants that? He's good, he's beautiful, he's wonderful, he's so much better than we could think. 
dream, or imagine. And I am very excited for all that's going to happen today. I get to be the one who really pulls out the nuggets from these amazing, amazing women. You are so blessed. I'll say you can put your mic up by your mouth any point in time if you want to say something at any point in time. Obviously, they were already introduced, but this is my amazing mama. She's the greatest mom in the whole wide world. It's true. She's beautiful. She's fabulous. She's all things wonderful. This is my amazing grandma. She is the best ever. She's wonderful. Go ahead. She's the kindest. She's also the sassiest. It's real. It's a fact. She is. She has gotten even better with age. It's so fun. You never know what she's going to say. We love it. It's amazing. But I tell you what, she is the biggest fighter um, for people. When it comes to someone who fights for people, who fights for who God's made you to be, that's something that my grandma has done so beautifully. And it's amazing to have that kind of blessing. And so this morning, we're going to talk a little bit about legacy. We'll talk about legacy. We'll talk about heritage. And I am someone who is so blessed. Um, like I said, we're going to have a mix in here. We might have some people who are like me, and you get to have an incredible legacy of pastors on pastors on pastors in my family. But then we also have people here who are the first-time Christians, and you are the ones establishing the legacy for your families. And so I want you to lean in today with expectation for what God is going to do for you, through you, in you, for your families. And so I'm going to start with my grandma. I'm going to ask, I'm going to have my grandma share some stories, some testimonies about a little bit of our heritage, how she was raised, things that have happened. Um, so grandma, I would love for you to share about, I mean, some of the stories, testimonies we talked about before, but really about faith, um, what that looked like for you growing up in your family, if you want to read some of the stories that we talked about before, too. Well, it's certainly a privilege to be able to share with you this morning briefly. Um, also, I do love this church. I love this church family. And I have been, we've been around here for a long time. There's two things I want you to remember about this church. I picked out the color of the roof. <laughs> I hope you like it. It changes all the time. And I picked out this Las Vegas carpet. <laughs> but I know it's got to go someday. So there are two things that I want you to remember about that. So I won't ever get the opportunity and of course, I want to acknowledge somebody else. My beautiful daughter, Val, and Steve just came in. She's the one that has the ruby bloom plant flower. So I, we got some stuff to include her as well. But uh, I want to tell you a little, my background a little bit. I was born and raised in Idaho. Uh, my grandparents on both sides, my mom and dad, were people that pioneered down by Twin Falls and Rupert and Kimberly area. And uh, my grandparents lived in Rock Creek Canyon, right south of Twin Falls, if any of you know where that's at. Uh, they had a house down there. Uh, both of them came and to this country when everybody worked hard. It, it was during the Depression, actually. And I was born in 1935, which was the time of the Depression. So anyway, I graduated from high school in Twin Falls. And I've got a big history back. I've had lots of fun. We won't read the newspapers from 1935 through 1953. <laughs> I, I was in there sometimes. She was quite the race car driver. But not because... She has a need for speed. I did. I did. Still does. Still she did, still does, still not did. just did, still does. Anyway, my dad was a young uh, cowboy. He and his brother, they rode for a company out of Nevada. Uh, and my mother was just a 
little gal in her home. And one day, my dad was out in the sagebrush, didn't even know the Lord. And the Holy Spirit spoke to him and said, this is not your life. And he came in and told his mother, who had just received the Lord, and told him what the Lord had spoken to him. This is not your life. And he sold his horse, his all of his stuff, and started serving the Lord. That's another story. I don't want to go that. That's a long story. I love, but I remember leading up to that, his mom, her prayer was, Lord, save my children, whatever the cost. Lord, yeah. that you would save my children at whatever the cost. And he was literally, yeah. he was a cowboy, so he was mm-hmm. out in the country yep. at the time by himself. Yep. Right. And the Lord sovereignly spoke, spoke to him. To him. Mm-hmm. Just, just really, for our family, that was quite a miracle. And she, she used to, we always hold hands, held hands around the dinner table. And she said, Lord, bless all the missionaries and pastors around this table when none of us even had one spark of interest in doing that kind of thing. <laughs> or probably, probably need to be saved, really, to begin with. But um, there are, even in this valley right now, I've got a cousin that pastors a rip-roaring church over in Boise, another one over here in uh, Celebration Church is a cousin, and another one in Boise. And then some that don't go to church and some that have their own home church, thank you. Don't come to our church. We don't want you. Um, um, So the Lord did. He supplied a need for every kind of person that would move to Idaho. If you you have a particular flavor, let me know. I'll send you somewhere where you can find that. But anyway... uh, they got baptized in the Holy Ghost, got saved. Oh, okay, let's get back to where, what happened to them. My grandmother and granddad had heard about the holiness or the apostolic people. I think that's what they were called. Pardon me? Street preacher. Yeah, and a street preacher came to Twin Falls. Uh, I, I think it was a black street pre- preacher. And uh, my grandpa and grandma heard him speak and felt like he had something that they needed. And they invited him into their home, and he stayed with them the whole time he preached on the street in Twin Falls. And he was part of, a, of an old revival in uh, Topeka, Kansas. Maybe some of you have read Pentecostal history, understand that. And uh, so anyway, Grandma wanted what this man was talking about. She was hungry for the Holy Spirit. But they, they didn't have a formal teaching or really a formal church then. You just... They gather together with other believers, and they get together and talk about it. So one day, you want me to go ahead and just talk Please, about it? Please, yeah. Okay. Please share that. Uh, my grandmother really wanted this Holy Spirit. She was the cutest little thing. She was a little uh, Cherokee Indian lady and, and very pretty and uh, just, just was fun to be around and a very sweet person. But she wanted the Holy Spirit so bad, and... So she was home, and she was repeating the uh, 23rd Psalm, I think it was. I, I got in this book, and I forgot to underline it. But um, she repeated that psalm over and over and over, and pretty soon she starts speaking in tongues. And she had the most beautiful, quiet, loving experience that anyone could ever have. And then Grandpa came in, and she says, Dad, I think I, I got the Holy Spirit. He says, well... Speak in tongues for me. You know, he wanted a little evidence. What's going on here? And uh, she said, well, let's eat supper. And then after supper, we're going to have prayer meeting. And and we'll just see what happens. Well, anyway, they both ended up receiving the Holy Spirit without very much teaching or anything, just because they were so hungry for God. And do you want me to go ahead with the healing and all that? Yes, all of it. I don't want to take all the time, but... I want you to know how the Lord, the Lord works on, on people. Without really having a group and a pastor for many years, they kind of had their own Sunday school, and people would get together and they'd pray. And uh, especially the women, the men didn't as much. But uh, Times have changed. They do now. Oh, okay. Right. Well, come on. <laughs> Bring it on. Uh, anyway... Uh, they, oh man, about lost my thought. Where was I? Oh, okay. They, they started their little Sunday school, and then they, they 
they found other believers eventually that moved in here from Oklahoma. And some of your relatives were probably part of that group, maybe, I don't know. But anyway, um, the, the Apostolic Pentecostals is what they were called. And they had, we weren't broken down into uh, any certain denominations like Assembly or United Pentecostal or we weren't broken out by flavors. We all just stuck together because we had the Holy Ghost. <laughs> that was kind of a fun time, a simpler time for sure. Uh, but anyway, they started having church, and um, they had so many precious things happen to them. Not, it, it didn't happen at church. Most of it happened in other people's houses or in their own homes. Uh, typhoid fever was a huge thing uh, at that time. And many people were dying. I mean, hundreds of die people were dying. And uh, my grandpa and grandma had a gift of, of healing. They didn't even know it. They just, they just invited them to come and pray for them. And so they were invited to homes, and they'd pray for people. And the fever would break. And, it, you know, it's just marvelous how the simplicity of their life turned out to be such a fabulous, powerful thing. It was unbelievable. And then we also had measles. We had chicken pox. We had mumps. Uh, this pandemic, guys, get over yourself, please. <laughs> I'm sorry. And there have been people that have died, and people we love died that we knew. But it's, I'm telling you what, it's just what it is, and you've, you've got to learn to be a little tougher. I can't say that strong enough to, I hate to die with all of you shaking in your boots over getting a vaccine or not. Get over it. Well, anyway, I better get on in my story. What was, where was I at even? Some of the testimonies we could share about the baby. Uh, okay. Okay. Well, anyway, they had... They were really in demand, and I will inject this part right here. If the Lord gives you a gift, this is just an observation over many years, you forget about yourself. Do you know what I'm saying? Get over yourself. Every healing ministry that we've seen down through the years, if they got elevated to the point, well, here's Mr or brother so-and-so, come right down the aisle. We expect everybody to be healed when you walk by, and you get elevated in yourself. You, you, just, you're, you just gave your gift away. That's all. So um, it's not about you. It's about, the, it's about him. And if he wants to give you that gift, and you can handle it, uh, just handle it very gently because it certainly doesn't come from you. And so... That's just a little, little something along the way here. Um, I'm trying to keep my thoughts kind of directed. I'm going. Oh, okay. Well, anyway, eventually they moved up to. Uh, is it a Julietta, Idaho? There is a Julietta, Idaho. Is that right? And they moved up there, and when they lived up there, um, there's a band of gypsies that came through, which was pretty common in those days, years ago, and on in wagon, wagon loads of them. And while they were coming through Julietta, one of the little boys on the wagon fell off, and the wheels of that huge, heavy wagon rolled over that child and smashed and broke both legs. And my grandpa, because he, he just knew what to do, he went and picked this young baby up and lifted him up before the Lord in the middle of the street there in that parade and said, Lord, would you heal this boy? And the Lord healed him instantly right then. I love that. that their expectations were so simple. They didn't complicate it. They lived very, very good lives, and they were good farmers and good workers, but they made living for Jesus so beautiful and so simple and that Jesus loved you so much that he was going to take care of you and he was going to supply your needs and yeah. it worked for them yeah. for sure. Will you share about when he was working at, it was the blacksmith, correct? Yep. The blacksmith where he got burned? Oh, yeah. Did Grandpa got burned? Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
Yes, and he worked in a blacksmith shop there, and um, I've forgotten the details on that. Maybe Renee can tell that. Um, well, he um, actually picked up a hot, it was so hot that it completely turned his hand white. I mean, it, and he never cussed or anything. He just put his hand in the air and said, in the name of Jesus. Mm -hmm. And the men in the the whole place, they were staring at him. They couldn't imagine the pain that he was in. His hand went from white to completely back to pink in front yeah, of all of them. It did. The Lord totally healed him. He never had any blistering or anything. And, I mean, it was so hot that that thing was just, he accidentally touched it. And, mm -hmm. But it, so many men came to the Lord because of that. They saw that healing take place right in front of their eyes. I just have to interject here. Um, the only reason why she said he didn't even cuss was because in the book, so oh, my great aunt Grace, great, great aunt Grace, she wrote, it's a book full of testimonies. It's our family history. And so that's what we're talking about. And the funny thing is they talk about his instant response. So he reached out, instantly burned. First response was Jesus. And the men were so shocked that they put that in the comments. They were amazed. Like, he was healed, and he didn't even cuss. So that is why. I'll just clarify for my mom. She wasn't expecting a, a curse word from my great-grandpa there. I got your back, Mom. Let me tell you the other side of that story. <laughs> very, they were very normal people, but they were gifted. They were gifted with healing. Uh, they had both of them, Grandpa and Grandma, both had the gift. Mm -hmm. I think it was a gift because not mm -hmm. everybody had that at yeah. that time. And it was Frank and Hattie. I don't. They, did we get a picture of them up there or not? No, we anyway, didn't. I've got a picture of them on this book. It's a, a book about them. It's called Under You and Your Children. Uh, they were in demand in the Twin Falls area because they knew how to pray for people. They weren't. He didn't. They never started church or have an organization, organized church. They were just common people used very uncommonly with the Holy, yeah. by the Holy Spirit. And the purpose about sharing this is the reality of the everyday believer. When we talk about the legacy that we want to leave, that it's our choice today. This is what Jesus paid for. And these people were so convinced of the goodness of God. They just loved Jesus. It was their natural response. They farmed during the day. They needed... They found out that people were sick with typhoid fever, so they'd go to their house. They'd pray for them. And we'll talk about prayer a little bit, too, in our family. But something that happened with my Aunt Betty this year, she got COVID. And um, so she had told my parents about that, and she basically thought she was going to die. It was to the point where she, she unlocked, she kept the house unlocked because she just thought this was going to be the end. And so she had called them, told them, and my parents went down, and they prayed for my Aunt Betty, and she was absolutely healed, totally healed, 100%. Um, thank you, Jesus. Completely healed. She could breathe again. She had the peace of the Lord. She went to her doctor, told her doctor about it, and her doctor was like, this is a miracle. This is a miracle. And so that's what we're talking about today is the reality of this is what Jesus paid for. How do we live this out? How do we walk this out? What do we want to leave for our family? What do we want to leave for our children? And we'll just talk about the influence too a little bit later. The reality of even if you don't have kids, you have people watching you. I don't have kids, but I got a whole lot of youth that I mentored and I claim them as my own. And I realize that my life is a message to them. How I live my life gets to be a part of their inheritance. What I've poured into them, it's real and it can transform lives. And realizing that we are influencing so many more people than you could ever imagine. We'll talk about some more of them. Um, in fact, Linda, do you mind putting a picture of B. Wagner up there? So that's Precious B. I think there's another one. They're praying for me. Thank you, Jesus. So when we talk about legacy, I've been so blessed with the most amazing women in my life who have loved Jesus with all that they have. B. Wagner, she passed away, and which was about a year ago, about a year ago that she passed. She was a missionary in China. She 
was a Bible teacher here. She's written how many books when it comes to curriculum? So many. Her life has impacted so many people. She was baptizing people in bathtubs in China. And it's that reality that that's what I want to be remembered by. When I look at people like Sister B, I think of the life that she lived. She made me realize the beauty of, of Jesus, of, of heaven. She lived such a simple life, but she kept the main thing the main thing. And so when we evaluate our lives, it's like, Jesus, what, what is it that you've placed before me? Because if we have a yes to Jesus and we just stay true to his path, when it's simple faith, like my grandma was talking about, you just walk in the simplicity of what Jesus has before you, you can set the world ablaze. When you're not trying to be this big, amazing person, but you just have a yes to Jesus, it's simple obedience. It changes history. You have no idea what the impact might be. It's just simple faith. And Grandma, we were talking about this the other day. You can put that down now, Linda. Thank you. Um, but you were saying if you were to share anything with the people, the one thing you were talking about was the simplicity. Do you want to share about that? Yes, it's... It's hard to talk about simplicity and faith without feeling uh, like you're trying to to make it too too simple or being. But you know what? God can use anybody that will believe anybody. You don't have to have a big name. You know, they use, God uses moms every day. The Lord used to show my folks where I was. Oh, I was so mad at the Lord. <laughs> I had a boyfriend that my dad didn't trust, didn't like, and didn't want me to go. Well, anyway, I was with a bunch of kids. I wasn't just with him. I was with a whole group of kids. And we were in downtown Twin Falls. And here comes my dad's car. And I said to them, you know, then you could get down on the floorboard a little bit. You know, <laughs> the dad, there was more room there. And there was enough kids that they'd crowd together. Looked like there was no room for me if I was even in there. And I, I got down on the on the floor of the, that car, and my dad drove up next to the car, and he says, "You tell Ruby Darlene to get out of that car right now." <laughs> and they said, "Well, I don't think she's here. I don't think she's in even here." And he said, "You tell her to get out of that car right now." And the Lord had totally showed my dad where I was and who I was with. Come on. And you saw this. I was a blonde by then. Saw this blonde head come pulling out of that car. Yeah, he found me. And I ran away several times when I was a teenager. I just was rebellious so much, seemed like. And my dad, they, my folks knew where I was. The Lord would show them. That was called show and tell. <laughs> Uh, just there's simp the simplest, you know, they never got their name in the paper for that miracle. They never did get their pa name in the paper for any kind of miracle that they did. I think God uses every day, I, uses all of us every day. Some people do have a special miracle gift, I understand that. But God uses all of us every day. And mothers, when you that intuition that's telling you to pray for that child, you obey the Lord. All of us can say amen to that, can't we? Because God, the seed of that gift is born in a mother. I hope I, hope I made that clear. The seed of the gift of compassion and the connection with your child is born. That comes as a package deal. When your baby's born, you have that connection, that heart connection. And... Uh, that's, it's beautiful. It's a beautiful thing. It's scary, and I, I have it still with my daughters. When I, when I know Ren, Val isn't feeling well or Renee isn't feeling well, there's something in me that doesn't feel well. And I have to ask the Lord, what is this about? And Christy, my, my granddaughters, too. I feel the same way, and my grandsons as well. Uh, my Maybe grandsons, my they, they like me, but you know what? I get pretty close to the fire sometimes. The Lord has shown me things for them. And they don't like it very well. <laughs> I, you know, my, my grandkids cannot have alcohol. Everybody said amen. Amen. They can't. 
I know about it, God knows about it, and they're in trouble. And that's probably enough. So, probably enough. talking about prayer, okay. um, we just want to share power of prayer and some testimonies, what that's looked like in our family. So when you talked about being a praying mother, Mom, do you want to share about your experience where Grandma, where the Lord showed her to rescue you? Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, it was on a Sunday afternoon, and um, I was being threatened and uh, very, in a bad situation. I was in a horrible relationship. And my mom, it was on a Sunday, she was sitting on her porch, and the Lord said, Renee's in trouble, go get her. And so my mom and dad drove their car over to where I was living, and this man had, I mean, guns, he had knives on the thing. I knew I was going to die. I felt like I was going to die. There was death in the air. And he, I tried to get the neighbors to help me. Everybody was too scared. And he had locked me in this house. And so I got on the floor, and I was waiting for the next blow. And all of a sudden, my mom's voice come bursting through that door. And I mean, she kicked that door, and she started screaming at that man, you will never touch my daughter again. And she shoved him from the kitchen to the living room. He was on his knees. He was terrified. Uh, my mom looked like a biggest angel. And it saved my life. She came in and she said, go get in the car, Renee. Go get your, get your purse and get in the car. I'm taking you home. And I just feebly got up, went and got my toothbrush and my purse, and I went and sat in her car. <laughs> and, but the Lord sent my mom and my dad. They came and they rescued me and delivered me from that evil. Mm-hmm. And I'll be forever grateful because... Uh, the enemy will come and try to take our kids. And we are on a mission. We are fighting for our kids. That's right. The enemy is not going to take their education and re-educate their minds. We are no. going after our kids. It's going to be the most glorious yes. season that we've ever had. There is going to be such revival in our children and our kids, our teenagers, our college age. You can get ready to see revival in colleges, universities, places that you never thought. I've been praying over College of Idaho. It's the most liberal college in Idaho. And when you go drive by there, just reach out your hand and just start declaring what's going to happen at the College of Idaho. The Holy Spirit is going to land in that place, and there's going to be people that are going to be receiving the gift of the Holy Spirit in that place and being delivered from evil. I just want to brag about my mom. Amen to that. So my mama, she's the best, like I said. But I remember growing up, you would always hear her praying. Always. To the point where sometimes it would scare you because it it wasn't quiet. All of a sudden, it was just loud prayer, loud praying in tongues. And you're like, thank you, Jesus. Yes, Lord. But she has been a praying mother. She lives it. I mean, she lives it. And I remember we'd always have... You'd hear her praying in the house, and you'd hear her singing in the house, always praying, always singing, um, things that she would do every single day. We would, with all of us kids, it was, be bold, be strong, for the Lord your God is with you. And so we'd start off the day where she'd look at me and she'd say, be bold. And I'd have to say, be strong, for the Lord my God is with me. And that's the, the truth about my mom. She is a praying mother. She is a praying mother. And I, Mom, I wanted you to share um, what you talked to Dad about with love, praying. Um. Let me uh, add one more thing. When you feel your child's in danger, um, you know what to do. Don't be passive. Don't be afraid. Just get right in there. This man was... uh, karate, uh, Northwest karate expert, I guess, or whatever he was. Had some kind of something. Whatever. He was strong. He was tough. But you know what? When the Lord's behind you, you can do a lot of stuff. Come on. I'll just, I'll just tell you women, don't ever feel cornered by an evil spirit. Never, ever, ever. 
You are not at the mercy of the devil ever when you're Holy Spirit filled. And that's what worked. That man, every, every time I yelled at him, it's over, it's over, it's over. He backed up. He was like stone. And the last time I saw him, he was nailed against the wall. He could not move till she got her stuff out of there. We, I, I got her in the car, got some of her clothes, shut the door, drove off. And he was still standing there. Maybe you better go see. He might be there still. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Poor guy. But let me tell you, the strength of the, the Holy Spirit and a, a prayed up mama, just, just be sure you use it the right way. And it's a real, true weapon. That's right. And you wake up in the night and you think somebody's, and this can go to men too. You think your children are in trouble. Don't fool around with that thought. Say, oh, well, maybe and maybe not, and try to rationalize everything. You go after that. I mean, you have to be half mean to make that happen, but you, you go after that. Don't be passive. You can't play around with evil when it comes to your kids. You fight for your children. That's what you do. You fight for them. Fight, fight, fight. And uh, I've got, oh, I just got loads of stuff if I had lots of time. You'll have lunch at her house. She will share every testimony, and she will teach you how to pray. Yeah. Mom, did you want to share um, what you were talking to Dad about this morning? Or do you want me to ask you questions? So let me, okay, perfect. <laughs> so like I said, my mom is a praying mom. If you know her, you know that she prays, right? You know that. Um, things that... Just as being raised, like I said, she has the most beautiful voice. Have you heard her sing? So anointed, so gifted. We talk about family and legacy. So I always remember my mom, both my parents serving in the church, but my mom would come early every Sunday morning because she was on the worship team. And so that meant when it's a family, everyone's involved. So my dad had to learn to curl my hair. Um, I remember that specifically. It was a little scary sometimes because the curling iron gets close to your face. You get burnt. It's a little scary. But I just always remember my parents serving the partnership that, that takes place in that. Like when you are planted in the house of the Lord, it is a partnership. As a family, you get to do it together. And the, the benefits, the fruit of it, they're incredible. Absolutely incredible. But, Mom, I'd love for you to share... Um, even thinking about looking around at our family, Missy just walked out, but will you share about when Missy got healed? Well, um, you know, sometimes when you're faced with certain situations, like your children get sick or your grandchildren get sick, it can be very, you know, terrifying. And I wish Kat or Missy was in here, but we could, anyway, Missy got so ill at this point. I think she was seven. Is Cassie in here? Yes. She five. She was five. Okay. And um, we ended up finding, I, I never even actually heard of this, but she had cat scratch fevers, all they could come up with. But there was maybe, was it three times that the doctors started preparing you and Sean that she was going to pass away? And Every time that they would have this horrible report, we would call back to the intercessors here at Valley Church. They would start praying over Missy, and every time she would just come back to life, come back to life. And Missy was so skinny and so tiny, and um, the Lord actually healed her. Those doctors, could they even flew doctors in here because they had never seen anything like it. But the Lord healed Missy, and I remember that first Sunday that you guys came back to church. Missy came up on the platform, and she was singing that song, Look what the Lord has done. Woo! Yeah, the whole place just went crazy. He healed my body. He touched my mind. And, but it was a testimony to our whole family because it was like we saw a miracle, you know, right happened right when we were there. And so it's... When you are faced with situations like that, I'm telling you what, I, I feel like the spirit of fear has come after us for the last year and a half, you know, for families and 
you know, if you see somebody sneeze or cough, or it's like, oh, you know, it just kind of unnerves you. And I really want to go after the spirit of fear and get it out of this place. I mean, we don't have any time to be afraid. And like my mom was saying, the enemy, if we really knew what the devil looked like, it says in the Bible that someday when we see him, we're going to be like going, are you kidding me? That is who, that's who we've been afraid of all these years because he's nothing and he comes on like he's so much bigger than God and it's so scary. I'm telling you what, he is just like a flick him off like a bug. I mean, that's um, the truth. You cannot be afraid. And I, I really loved it because my husband had this boldness like when uh, he went to pray for Aunt Betty, and it didn't even phase him that she had coronavirus. I mean, he just laid hands on her, anointed her with oil. She was healed and came home. It wasn't like we were like, oh, I mean, we've taken all the protocol. Believe me, I'm... We got lots of vitamins. That's, we got lots of vitamins and stuff. But, and we prayed for another lady in our church who we got to her house... And she was paralyzed with fear in her bed because uh, she wasn't that sick, but the fear was making her sick. And we got her out of bed, and we started worshiping the Lord, praising the Lord. She ended up just, all the fear left her body and left the house, and she got healed right then, too. It was amazing. So um, if you start feeling like there's a spirit of fear that's coming in your house, you get your best voice on, you get your broom, and you get the door open, and you kick that thing out of your house. Get it out of your house. And be sure you watch what happens in the media in your house. Be sure there's not movies, games. I mean, it... it the plan of the enemy is to take your kids out when you're not looking, and they're looking at their little phones, and we are not going to worship social media and get caught up in this world system because there's too many thing, good things in life. Yeah. So. Amen. She does that. She will burst that door open and don't get in her way. Right. It's the truth. Do not get in her way when she does that. Um, so love of a mother, if you know my mom, she's the most loving human in the world, right? She is the most loving human. She has this compassion that goes beyond comprehension. And she always tells me, Christy, you need to get baptized in love. And I'm like, you're right. I probably do. But she tells me that quite often. And talk about the love of a mother and the sacrifice that it takes too. So when my brother had passed away, he had three precious babies and they ended up moving in uh, with our family. And my mom is so beautiful. She, especially the first year after my sister-in-law, you know, had lost her husband tragically. Um, she took care of the kids. She took them to school every day. She made them breakfast every day. She would brush their hair and that's the kind of love that I would love for you to share about that. But it, it was real. It was lives transformed. She took care of them every day. Um, and will you share what you did with Tyler, too, Psalms 23? I'm in the midst of grief, too. Like, there's reality that it's not all just roses. Like, there are seasons of grief 100%. How do we walk through that? with Jesus? Like, how do we navigate those seasons of grief? How do we navigate that as a family? How do we grieve as a family? How do we grieve with Jesus? What does that look like so that we're not living in grief? We come through it, we get his comfort, and we see victory on the other side. Do you want to share a little bit about that, Mom? I, I really feel like that we learned what resurrection power was, um, because we did try to raise Cody from the dead, I mean, in that hospital. And I knew it was going to happen. I just knew it was going to happen, and it didn't happen. And so you, you leave there, and you just, you're, I mean, hopelessness is like a, a grief that you can't imagine. And we decided as a family that all of us were going to choose life and not death. We're going to choose life. 
And so the Lord started revealing resurrection life in all the family. I mean, from grandkids on. I mean, it's like the kids started memorizing scripture, and Tyler and Katie memorized Psalms 23, and they got up and quoted it in front of the church. And I mean, there's just nothing like the Word of God. And in fact, uh, Dana was talking to me last night, our daughter, that they pastor in California. And uh, when Natalia, when they have all the fires in California, Dana's taught her kids, and Sean and Cassie have taught their kids about the Word of God. And um, Natalia was really getting terrified about the winds that were coming up in, and the, the fires were starting again. So they put them on. They were going to make them uh, evacuate. And Natalia's like, Mom, I'm so scared. And she said, Natalia, go get your Bible, honey, and let's just start reading the Word of God. And the Lord's going to show you something. And another thing that she told me that was so interesting because she said, I used to feel like I had to kind of tell her everything that the Bible meant. And she said, the Holy Spirit said, I'm going to reveal myself to her. And so she just let the Holy Spirit reveal what, what his word was saying to Natalia. And um, I think I wrote it down here. Anyway, it was Revelations 7-1. And um, I don't know, Linda, can you pull Revelations 7-1 up? It's about the, oh, and these things I saw four angels standing at the four corners of the earth, holding four winds of the earth, that the wind should not blow on the earth, on the sea, or any, uh, on any tree. And that just gave Natalia this total confidence. She wasn't she scared was anymore. Nine yeah, she was nine. She was nine, nine years, years old. old. At the time. And the so, Lord showed her this in the Bible by herself, yeah. nine years old. So I think just encourage your kids, you know, buy them really good Bibles that are like fun Bibles that are big print or, you know, how, however your, your child's love language is. But the Word of God is so important and memorizing the Word of God because it, if it gets in your heart when you're young... You can still quote chapters of the Bible that you learned when you were a kid. So I just think that's super important for kids and grandkids to have the Word of God. Yeah. And back to, so like when Cody had passed, so the kids were living with us. My parents did the most phenomenal job because I would have been in, I was just going into high school at the time. And my parents did the greatest job of bringing fun like how doing things as a family and having fun together. And there's such reality. Sometimes we over-spiritualize things and we forget the fact that we need to have fun in life. It's really important to have fun, make memories together. We went to Mexico together. We attempted to do a giant garden and we needed resurrection life because <laughs> the raspberries, I think, or the strawberries died and little Trevor, which was one of the one of the little boys, um, he prayed. We spoke resurrection life over those strawberries, and they came back the next day. Hallelujah. <laughs> but how do you incorporate that, the, the reality of incorporating fun? Like our family dinners were a blast. We would do um, our cabin. We go to our cabin. We go to my Aunt Val has the most amazing dinners. But I think it's so important as a family, and I know that I've been very blessed to have a family where we do have dinners together. And if you don't have that, you get to be the one who starts that. You get to be the one who creates those memories, who creates that as the normal and brings healing to your family that way. I would like to say uh, I was raised totally without television. We, we never did have television. Shut the door. That was the end of it. We did not have television. Uh, and I think, uh, I don't, I have, we have a television now. Because we let everybody influence us, I guess. <laughs> no, the culture. But we still protected our house, our home, from opening the door to anything that was evil. And even through music. My mm -hmm. folks were very, very, even country music. Uh, I was a Willie Nelson fan for many she years. She still is. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh I, I just got to tell you one. 
this is not spiritual, but I gotta tell you something. Uh, Willie Nelson came to Napa, I think it is the center over there, it was outside, is that right? And so I said, Norm, I'd like to go just to see what, what it's like. And he went with me, my sweet big German husband, and we put a blanket out there and sat on the grass and Willie Nelson opened up with Whiskey River, don't let me lose my mind. <laughs> so, you know, that was the shortest kind of thing we ever had. <laughs> Norm was ready to go home, and so I think we went home. What? Oh, we stayed a while. We stayed a while. But protect your family. Protect what they hear, protect what they see. Protect what they see. They don't need to watch everything. And, they, and you don't need to watch the news. I'm telling you, you need to shut off the news. Believe me, that is a source of evil that comes through there. And it's not because the announcers are evil. And it's not because of the news. But the news is not always real. It's defined by talking heads. People that mm -hmm. just talk, talk talk. Mm -hmm. And uh, I had a re really honest talk with the doctor the other day, and he said, he put on my prescription, do not watch Fox News before going to bed at night. <laughs> I love it. So I guess I taught him something. He taught me something. There we go. But protect what comes in here with your children and yourself. Yes. And yourself, because you can, just the smallest thing, but we're living in times now, the smallest thing can set set me off in fear. Oh, did you hear what they just said? Joe Biden's going to fire all, everybody in the world. <laughs> We're all going to go to hell, <laughs> you know. And, you know, I mean, that, that's extreme. Uh, yeah, it really is extreme. But, but you know what I'm saying? Just little, little silly thoughts that come into your head. Yeah. And that's, that's a gateway, a gateway. And that's all he needs is just a little tiny spot to get in your head and to tell you you're not a winner. You're just going to be a regular old guy that's making no way. You are a winner. You're special to God. Mom, did you have anything else you really wanted to share? I just want to share that the joy of the Lord is your strength. Mm -hmm. Keep so much laughter in your home. Yeah. Have so much fun. Yes. Keep fun music. I mean, my husband has brought so much joy in our house. He makes me laugh every day. And I just, I love that about my husband. Um, he likes to have fun. And, but joy, it, you know, let's just, just all laugh for just a minute. Just, <laughs> even if you're, if you're not, if you're fake laughing, your body does not know the difference. <laughs> You'll start feeling better. And so just make yourself, because, I mean, there's times, seasons in your life where it's almost impossible to laugh. You just feel so uh, washed out. And, I mean, I literally had to start making myself laugh at points and go out and just like, <laughs> I almost forgot how. My muscles that made you laugh, they weren't working. I'm telling you, it's so important to laugh. It's so important. Yes, be sure and knock before you go into her house. What? Hilarious. I said, be sure and knock before you go into her house. She might be laughing even. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Who knows? So something that I want to make clear, obviously you've had a lot of testimonies, lots of different stories, but it started with one person. Like this, we're actually just recalling family history on both sides, praise Jesus, mm -hmm. um, because someone made a choice. There's one person that made a choice that I am in it. Jesus, I'm all in. And their simple yes to Jesus changed history. It changed the whole family line. Jerry and Maria, you're one of the most beautiful examples of a family that said yes to Jesus. And now your family looks entirely different. Your children's lives are completely different. You have sacrificed. You've done so many things. And your children live a completely different life. And it's so beautiful when we think of when your children's children later on, they're going to be sharing these testimonies of, oh, remember grandma and grandpa, they were the most wild worshipers for Jesus. They would always, they were dancing all the time. They were the best. They were wild worshipers for Jesus. But that's what happens with your yes. And I just, Linda, can you just go through some of those pictures for a moment? 
we think about things that matter. So this is my great aunt Gracie, and I'm going to read some things from her in just a minute. So we can skip that one for now. There she is again. She's amazing. We can skip that one. We'll come right back to it. So this right here, this is my niece Addison and my beautiful sister Cassie. And it was just a Sunday morning. And Addie, for a moment, we almost thought she was like faking it, like that she just fell on the ground to be dramatic. But then you could see that the Lord was touching her. I mean, the Lord was just touching this girl. And it was so beautiful. I remember watching Cassie just go and just pray and steward what the Lord was doing over Addie. And that's something that's so important that is the reality. There's no junior Holy Spirit. There's no junior Holy Spirit. If my niece Addison, she blows me away. I love to be around her because you see differently. You think differently. She has this beautiful childlike faith, but that girl is a prayer warrior. If someone is sick, she will pray for them. And she loves to pray. And she has parents that are stewarding that in her life where someone's sick. Well, Addie, let's pray. You know, they get hurt. Well, let's pray. And that girl, she, we were praying for Hannah last night, and she was praying, Lord, I just, Jesus, thank you that all the pain is going away. It's never going to come back again. It's not going to get worse. She's going to feel better in Jesus' name. But it's a choice that these parents have chosen to steward what the Lord is doing in their child's life, not to push it off, not to be like, oh, that's cute, but the Lord is touching you right now. What's Jesus saying? That's one beautiful example. It's one of my favorite pictures because I'll never forget that. This is Natalia. Um, This is when she got baptized. So that's her mama getting to hold her, love her. Um, My sister is amazing. And something that's so beautiful is that um, my mama got to become, instantly become mom to three of the best siblings in the whole wide world. And my sister's biological mother was not the greatest, but my sister is the best mom in the world now. And it's so beautiful that she got to watch her little girl get baptized, that she has taught her children what it means to love Jesus. And it's someone who chose. I mean, she had a praying mama. And my mom, she became mom instantly and taught my sister how to pray. And that's what can happen when we say yes to Jesus. That you can have kids who are nine years old who are finding verses in the Bible directly from the Lord. And that is what happens when you say yes to Jesus. Linda, you can do another one. This is my grandpa, Yaden, who we were sharing testimonies about him. And my mama, look at her. What a foxy little cowgirl there. Go ahead, Linda. So this would be my grandma praying for me, my great-aunt Sharon praying for me. We've had some amazing saints pass recently. But their lives have shown me what a yes to Jesus really means. My Aunt Sharon, she was someone who chose life every day. And if you were around her, you knew that it was she chose life. And we, it's, we get to have that same kind of influence on people. I remember, so she had passed really recently, and I was just asking the Lord, I was like, Lord, I just need like a fresh, I need new joy, like I need fresh joy. And right after that, just how beautiful Jesus is, I heard, it was like I saw my Aunt Sharon right in front of me, and she goes, honey, it's so much better than you think. Honey, it's so much better than you think. And it was exactly how she would say it. But it's those moments that make you realize how much bigger life really is. Living life from heaven's perspective. Being eternity-minded. 
thinking of legacy, and she cheered me on. I remember in this moment, she was cheering me on about ministry. I had my grandma cheering me on about ministry. I had my Aunt Sharon cheering me on about ministry. It's the greatest blessing. I couldn't be more thankful for it. Go ahead, Linda, with the next one. That was B again. She was one of my biggest cheerleaders. All these women who just loved Jesus. They loved Jesus with their whole heart. And I want to read some things from my Aunt Grace. This was from her funeral, her son. You can pull those down now. Thank you, Linda. These were some of the lessons from my great Aunt Grace. It was, to above all else, love God. And Donna, if you're here, you can come up anytime, Donna. To above all else, love God. To follow the call of your life, regardless of how others judge your walk. That holiness is a heart issue, not a hair issue. That's a leap. (laughs) Hallelujah. The higher the hair, the closer to God. That the work of the Lord, in fact, you can put her picture. Do you mind putting her one with her guns? Her guns up. There we go. That the work of the Lord may not pay very well, but the retirement benefits are out of this world. (laughs) To live life from the vantage point of eternity, not what feels good for the moment. To love sinners and hate sin. To love the unlovable and be a friend to the friendless. To always approach the one in the crowd that no one else seems to notice. To live a life of service to others, regardless of whether or not it gets noticed by others. For sure. To always love your kids and keep the communication lines open, especially when they stray from what you've tried so hard to instill in them. To love all children and plant seeds of love and faith in their hearts today, for they are the mature trees of tomorrow's society. Success isn't permanent, neither is failure. To be comfortable with the down and outers as well as those in high places. To just be yourself because your imitation of anyone else is a poor copy. To hate hypocrisy. Everything tastes better with cheese. That some people are so prim and proper that they couldn't say puke if their mouth was full of it. (laughs) That sounds like Aunt Grace. (laughs) To not avoid communicating or confrontation, even when it's uncomfortable. It's okay to get mad, but get mad and get over it. To be a freedom-loving, flag-waving, gun-toting, ballot-casting, military-honoring patriot. To to believe that principles and biblical values should shape our culture and not let a godless culture determine what we believe in and vote for. That right is always right, and there's no right way to do the wrong thing. To think young even as you age, to never stop learning and growing, to always be ready to do something fun even at a moment's notice. To not take yourself too seriously. You should laugh, make faces, and act silly once in a while. Do you mind putting up that other picture of her? That would describe Aunt Grace. She was a missionary. She was incredible. She was hilarious. She had tricks where she could pop her teeth out. (laughs) She prayed for me. She encouraged me. She was the most amazing woman of God. To have a pioneering spirit, always willing to learn something new and go new places. If you're not making dust, you're eating dust. That just because someone says you can't, doesn't mean you can't. To do your best to give your kids roots, then work just as hard to give them wings and let them go. And don't try to control their lives forever. To love nature and be kind to animals, unless you're going to eat them. That's right. To speak and write clearly, preserving what you know for the benefit of future generations. She's the one who wrote that book, which is full of our family history, all the testimonies. 
to leave a godly legacy is way more important than amassing a bunch of stuff for your kids to fight over at the end. And that's what she did. She left a godly legacy. I think of all the women that have been in my life. And like I said, I'm very blessed and I know it. But I have my grandma who has, she has prayed for me time and time again. She has cheered me on every time I've done something. I have my great aunt Grace who was my biggest cheerleader. She was amazing. She was a mighty woman of God. My aunt Sharon, she was the best. She made you feel like a million bucks. She loved Jesus with her whole heart. And that's what I remember most about them is they love Jesus. And when you're around them, you felt the love of Jesus. You saw someone who burned for Jesus. And that's the kind of legacy that we get to leave. Each and every one of us, we get to leave a legacy like that. Were you about to share something? I just think it'd be really good right now for everyone just to stand up. And if you are a woman, I don't care if you're a mother, I want every woman daughter to just come up and stand and Mason if you want to come up here you're ready we want to celebrate everybody it's not a sad day when uh, Mother's Day comes we're celebrating women all the way all the way around we celebrate all you beautiful women Mason's going to speak and pray a blessing over all of you um, I also um, want to thank my sister and my brother-in-law. They donated and bought all these beautiful plants so everybody can have a plant. And from Ruby Bloom. They're from Ruby Bloom. So if you guys want to just bless that business in downtown Caldwell in the village, or the, not plaza. the village, the plaza. And so uh, we just want to honor you women. We thank you. We, we thank you that this church is so blessed with so many amazing prayer warriors, women that are the foundation of this place. And uh, we just want your lives to be so full of joy, peace, love. And Mason, just under the anointing of the Lord, you just pray for all these women, okay? Dear Jesus, I pray that. Um, every woman, would, uh, every woman, mother and aunt, Lord, every woman, Lord, would be blessed today, Lord. Thank you for another special day, Lord. And I pray that um, I pray that you you um, put more joy in their heart, Lord, than there is, Lord. Thank you for every woman, Lord, and thank you for everyone at the church, Lord. Thank you for another day, Lord. This day is special, Lord. And thank you for dying on the cross for us, Lord. I love you, and I just, just name I pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. So all you women, you can just pick your plants, and we just want to celebrate you. Yes. And when you look at them, this is something that we talked about, is that before fruit can be produced, roots have to be established. And so with this plant, think about that, the establishing of your family, the establishing of the legacy, whatever it is, let that be the reminder of all that Jesus has for you. So we love you. Once again, these are from Ruby Bloom. It's my favorite place to shop. You're going to want to go there. We love you, ladies. We love you, mothers. We love you, men. And we bless you guys today. We pray this would be the greatest day, the greatest week. In Jesus' name, amen.